Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Well, I'd like to welcome you to this podcast and a uh, very special guest, a uh, very interesting product and a very interesting process uh, where he's gotten to, to be at this point in his product. I want to introduce you to uh, Nick Morgan Jones. He is the founder of Butterfly Audio and very graciously agreed to come on the podcast and share his story and let you know a little bit about where, where his product is at in the development process. And again, um, this is just my desire to get wearable companies, especially the, the new and up-and-coming wearable companies, out into this podcast so that you can find out more about them. So I'll turn it over to Nick. Nick, it's all yours. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, really cool to be here. Um, yeah, maybe I can give you an introduction as to what I'm working on. Yeah, so in a sentence, I am designing hearing-enhancing wearables for people who don't want to wear hearing aids. And this is a pretty personal project to me. This has come from pretty much most of my life needing hearing aids and pretty much most of my life not wanting hearing aids at all. Like I'm sure many hearing aid wearers feel, feel the same. Yeah, when I was uh, like 10 years old, I found out I was gonna need hearing aids and I had this feeling that I was gonna have superhuman hearing, this idea of being able to hear more than I could hear before, that would be superhuman to me. But after actually wearing hearing aids for a few days, it became apparent that I actually preferred a social circle rather than good hearing. I didn't want to wear these big chunks of plastic behind my ear and uh, have this kind of what felt like a label for disability stuck on the side of my head. Um, so yeah, I chose to kind of go through school without wearing anything that would actually help me communicate with other people just so that I felt I would be more accepted by my tribe around me. Um, now I get older, I kind of realized that that was maybe stupid <laughs> as a kid, but it's kind of realistic um, because on average, it takes 10 years for people to get from the point where they realize they could benefit from hearing technology to actually going ahead and doing so. That 10 years is mostly people going, oh, I probably don't need it. I probably don't need it. Until when they eventually do get it, they realize, oh, I probably should have got it a long time ago. And it turns out I'm pretty similar to a lot of other people in, in this situation. So I think 83% of people who could benefit from hearing technology don't. And the stigma associated with hearing technology is a pretty big reason for them to not wear hearing tech. There's other things such as uh, price, uh, comfort, quality. Um, but stigma is you know, 
it's pretty much the same numbers everywhere. Even on the NHS, when you can get hearing aids for free, um, you've got similar numbers to in the U in the US, where hearing aids are definitely not free. So, yeah, this has been something really important to me. When I went to university, I was studying industrial design, um, and I was using my thesis project to redesign hearing tech, and the project went well. And after university, I decided to get some real working experience before diving into trying to fix this problem myself. So I've been working as a user experience designer, designing digital products for the last seven years. And from January this year, I've been working full time on this project to redesign and reposition hearing technology as something people actually want to wear. Okay. And I, um, I want to share with the audience a little bit. Um, I saw the video that uh, you had on LinkedIn and um, you're, you're 3D printer guy. And um, I, I thought it was pretty amusing. Tell us a little bit about that process. I mean, it, it, you get it in your mind, you draw it out and then, okay, how do I make one of these from a drawing or a thought in my head? Yeah, good question. So this is something which I've had in my head for a long time. The idea is generally that hearing technology is always designed to be as hidden as possible. They prioritize discretion over everything else. When you make something really small, you are, you know, you're, you're implying it needs to be hidden. So it's almost like implying that you should be ashamed of wearing it. They're saying, hey, buy this technology, it's really cool, but also it's really hidden. So no one can see it. No one can see that you're wearing this, which doesn't really sound like great marketing to me. So my idea was to have a visible hearing aid. And actually, no, let's not call it a hearing aid. I hate that word. Too many negative connotations with that. So a hearing enhancing wearable until we find a better word for that. Um, but something that's purposely vis visible, something unapologetically visible. And I didn't want it to be behind the ear because we already associate that with hearing tech. I didn't want it to be in the ear because that's kind of like wearing headphones or earbuds. And that kind of gives the impression that I'm listening to music and I'm not really open to talk to you. So the idea in my head was that I would have something that sits just in front of the ear, kind of close to the temples. Um, and now this idea in your head is something that you can kind of go around for ages and go, yeah, it's going to work or no, it's not going to work. Um, but it's until you actually make it, you realize just how difficult some things are to actually create. So this started out with a few sketches. Uh, and what kind of shape shall I go for? Where is it going to sit exactly? And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Maybe a circular shape just in front of the ear that will work. And then I got some just wire and foam to kind of stick together and try to create the shape that I had in mind. And once I created that shape, I try it on and realize it just doesn't work at all. So this idea that you have in your head can be so far from reality in in that context so it was really a lot of trial and error but I'm so, something i'm so sure that is possible to work at the end of the day i'm so sure so it's just really trying over and over again tweaking things looking at other products which go around the ear looking at hearing aids looking at earbuds looking at the way that they're designed really trying to take apart each corner, each curve, and ask, why is that there? What's the function of this particular curve around the ear? Because ears are crazy. The, the longer I work on this, the more I realize just how weird ears are. There's no straight lines. There's no right angles. 
So every product that you make around the ear has to really cater for really strange ergonomic environment. And uh, it takes a lot of testing to get it from an idea in your head to something that you can actually wear on your head. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting closer. Now, I know in watching the video, I, 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 I laughed quite a bit because the the way that it was filmed, uh, it made it look like, no, that doesn't look good. No, that doesn't look good. And there was all these all these little vignettes of these um, prototypes coming out of the 3D printer, like, oh, that's not going to work. So how much of that did you go through in, in trying to come up with an actual deliverable, you know, a hard, you know, a hard copy uh, in, you could put in your hand or literally put on your ear or put on the side of your head? Did you have a lot of different designs coming through that 3D printer to actually get a feel for what it's like on on your head? Yeah, so I think the the first step is really working whether like working out whether any shape would work there. So yeah, I, I, it's really hard. I think going through any design process, you're always trying to validate certain things. You're first trying to validate let's say you want to validate whether or not it's going to fit you want to validate is this shape actually going to work and you have to just take each of these validation challenges as one step at a time and so the first things like validating the shape and saying like is this a shape which is kind of going to work and after doing that realize that there's no point even working on that until you validated whether or not it's going to fit on the side of your head so it's funny, you think of design as kind of a, a bit of a straight line where it's just like, I do this, and then I do this, then I do this, then I've got a product, but it's never the case. You do something and then you realize the fact that you did that makes the next thing impossible or you have to rework it in order to fit it in. So there was a really a, quite a lot of um, going two steps forward, one step back, redesigning something, retweaking something. I mean, tens and tens, 50, 60, 70 different shapes, just trying to work out which one is gonna gonna fit the best. Um, sometimes it's just using a little bit of wire and just kind of trying to mold this wire to the, the shape of the ear to really work out whether or not that particular part of the product is gonna fit. Um, because yeah, ears are really strange. You've got the bit behind the ear, which requires a particular shape. You've got the bit inside the ear canal, which requires a particular shape the bit in front of the ear, and then how do you combine all of these pieces together into one continuous shape that all works in unison? So yeah, really quite a complex area to design for. How much plastic did you go through? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to keep it environmentally friendly. <laughs> we're actually, to be completely honest, we didn't get through a whole lot because we retested a lot on the, the wire and foam and clay okay. stage and really tried to, because designing, it takes time to print these 3D printed uh, models. So, I mean, you don't want to be doing every single test on this because you'll be doing it for months. You want to try and get as much of the shaping done as possible with, with easy to shape things, things that you can shape in a few minutes using your hands. And once you kind of get to that point, you go, I think we're going in the right direction, then move to one fidelity level higher and work with 3D printing. And um, you know, sometimes it was going, okay, let's actually, let's try and work in, in the 3D digital space. Let's try to design some things on, on a screen and see if we can get a shape that makes more sense in, in, in that space. And then we kind of hit a limit there and we go, okay, now we need to actually print these out and see if it works on a real ear, not just a digital ear. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of tweaking, a lot of going back and forward. Um, 
and yeah, we're we're getting there though. We really are. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I think that's important. I know the listeners have a, an interest in. Yeah, I mean, how much work is it, and and is this something that's really difficult? And yeah, it is. Yeah, from what you had said. Um, and the next piece I'd like you to to talk about is, and pardon the pun about peace, but the next piece would be the electronics. How are you? And, and obviously, you know, this could be a trade secret. You don't have to to, to say, but have you thought about it? And is this something that's going to be? is already playing in your mind as you're working on the body of the, of the enhancement device. How are the electronics going to fit inside? Is that, is that playing a role too in your design as you use the wire and the foam? Does that, is that in your mind or is that something that we'll get to that later? Like can the electronics be molded or adapted to your piece? Yeah. Great question. I think this really goes back to what I was saying is you do one thing and then you move on to the next thing. And then you realize that that, affects the first thing and you have to go backwards and reshape and rechange and so uh the answer is yes we're definitely thinking about the electronics um but we're doing it within kind of ballpark shape and size based on existing products out there realistically hearing aids and headphones are you know maybe some people will disagree with me in this but they're pretty much the same they both have battery they both have a, a circuit board they've got microphones they've got speakers um they're just kind of positioned in different places one behind the ear one in the ear so there's a lot of products out there that we can use for size reference and um kind of looking at these these products we can look at the batteries inside them look at the circuit boards and go okay this is the general shape that we've got to work with um but again like all of these validations all of these challenges have to be tackled one at a time one does it fit Two, does it look good? Three, are the components going to fit inside it? You can't really do all of these independently. You need to somewhat do them in parallel. But then you also can't do everything in parallel. You have to kind of do them independently. So you kind of, you work on one and then you see, you know, okay, is this realistically going to fit with all the electronics? Um, and then you move move forward. Uh, sometimes kind of slowly, but you move forward. And, you know, my background is industrial design and digital design. So I'm not an I'm not a electrical engineer. So this is um this is where I'm using people who are watching like the videos which I'm making to to help me along the way. Maybe I can give a bit of context about the videos uh, if, since we haven't really explained that. So I uh, I decided about four months ago that I was going to create a video series of me building this product, and that's because. There's two things that I wanted to validate. Uh, one, can I build this product? And two, do people actually want to buy this product? Uh, now, these are two kind of big things that I would work on. And you know, I've never done this before. So it's, these are big challenges in and of themselves. Um, and I was talking to a good friend of mine and we thought, hey, actually, wouldn't it be cool to try and do both of these together? So I'm gonna build a prototype of this product sitting in my bedroom during the pandemic. And I'm gonna video the whole experience and hopefully get feedback from people watching the videos along the way and use that feedback to shape the product as we as we design it. And also hopefully get some interest from potential customers later down the line. So uh, yeah, over the last four months, 
we've been, or well, I've been creating some pretty homemade videos showing the whole process from my first idea through sketches, through modeling with clay, wire and foam to 3D printing a device. And you know, my goal at this stage is to have a kind of hacked together prototype that I can then maybe take to investors going forward and be like, hey, look, this is possible. You can even wear it, it works. It's not production ready yet. Let's get some funding to actually make this a real product. So that's my mission at this stage. Uh, and the videos have been super fun to create and uh, got a lot of thousands of followers now on these, on these videos, which is really cool. A lot of people reaching out saying, hey, how can I help? Um, and so, yeah, there's been some electrical engineers who've emailed me and said, hey, I just had to reach out. It looks like you're working on something cool. How can I support um, you getting through the electrical engineering phase, which is fantastic because I know nothing about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. I think this is a problem that resonates with a lot of people, regardless of whether or not they have hearing difficulties themselves. I think people can somewhat put themselves in the shoes of someone with hearing difficulties um, and think if I had to wear hearing aids would I feel comfortable doing so and a lot of people say no so I think that in itself kind of resonates with a number of people and they're looking to support the cause in one way or another um, so yeah it's really cool to see so many people want to get involved well I'm, I'm just I'm going to validate for you right now for all the listeners that <laughs> the videos are super fun. They're, they're very entertaining. Um, that's what got me interested in, in, in contacting you and discussing with you and, and talking, finding out more about you and, and, and your work. And then thought, well, it's a natural for this podcast. So um, yes, those of you out there listening, check out those, those videos, uh, but, butterfly audio. Uh, if they just go on YouTube and put butterfly audio, I'm assuming they would come up. Yeah. Maybe go on the website, butterflyaudio.co. And then okay. all of the different all of the different social media channels which I'm on uh, are accessible from the website. So butterflyaudio.co, co. Um, and that will be um, I'll I'll put that information to up on the uh, the the banner for this particular podcast so people can see that as well. And in in taking a, um, a look at wearables in general um you you hit it right on the head when you talk about electrical engineers contacting you um i don't know those things every wearable company that i've talked with that i've had on the podcast uh, that i've talked with that I've, I've dealt with in the past same thing interdisciplinary no one knows it all when you go to put a product out on the market and i'm sure you learned that in in your industrial design program as well is that you you can't do this alone you need to reach out i do the same thing with my students You've got to have a connection, a marketing, a network. You've got to have people that you can turn to when you've got a problem with a product. It's a dead end. Where, where am I going to go? I, I don't know how to put the electronics in. Um, what kind of battery do I use? Uh, do we use copper wiring? That's I mean, all of those things that could just bog your mind, but you find the right person and it's no problem for them. In three minutes, they have it solved. So um, it's nice you mentioned that because that just keeps, again, validating what we hear from other wearables is that you, yeah, you need interdisciplinary. You need to have that. Um, the wearable market is, is very, very diverse, but it's also becoming very complex. And I know this sounds funny, but, and you can validate this for me. You may feel that it's, 
it, the deeper you get into your product, you see that there's a complexity that evolves. But at the same time, there's a simplicity that you want to get across at the same time to you, for your customers. This is a simple product, but inside it's very complex, but you'd never know it by looking at it. And you, you mentioned earlier when you had that piece of plastic stuck behind your head, you know, I remember the days when they had the big wires, you know, and, and they were hanging down. I mean, it, it looked like the person, the, the person was in some uh, experiment, like they were undergoing an EEG um, <laughs> and, you know, and they looked so complicated. Um, but we can hide that complication. We can hide the complexity with the simplicity because simplicity is where it's at. Is that something that, that you are, are looking at that right now yourself is how, how much complexity have I already gone through and how much more complexity am I going to be going through in the electronic component or the tech stage? Have you looked at that and try to how can I keep a simplicity in amongst the complexity of designing this? Yeah, so I think there's two parts to that. There is the complexity that the user experiences or can understand what's going on um there's definitely the complexity in building it as well so maybe starting on the latter point i am not trying to reinvent the wheel there is a lot of great technology out there for hearing um hearing technology and it doesn't need reinventing uh this definitely can do with some improving going forward but uh, that's not my domain of expertise um, the problem that I'm trying to solve is the fact that even with all of this amazing technology out there, 83% of people who could benefit from it don't. And a lot of that is out of choice. So I'm thinking, how can I reposition the wheel? How can I redesign the packaging of it uh, in a way that makes it desirable? So for that reason, I'm not planning to build a a team of engineers who are you know, working on PCBs day and night. Um, maybe, maybe that happens at some point, but for the time being, I'm looking to actually reach out to, or already am reaching out to a lot of um, uh, established companies that have a good handle on the on the uh, technology side to cover that those bases. And so I think an important part, exactly like you said, you, you can't have every skill going into any business, I think, any project, you're never going to know everything. And so I'm trying to play to my strengths, uh, which is going to be in the design and experience areas and look for support elsewhere, see what I can license from established companies who already have awesome technology, um, which is available to be licensed and see how much of that can we incorporate into uh, into this new shell this new design uh, and you know the design is only one part of it uh, the other part is the branding the positioning like how can you reposition this new product as something which is genuinely desirable and so you know these things work in in parallel the design and the, and the positioning um but the while the electronics is you know incredibly important this is not the focus of the project so I'm going to try and cut as many corners as I can in this area to to get a product out there as quick as possible for, for people to try, for people to use, so that we can iterate and improve and actually build a product that people really, really love. Okay. Um, one, one question I've been kind of, I've been mulling over in my head as you've been moving along here um, is the user experience and or user-centered design. How much have you taken from your previous six years 
in the digital design, user-centered approach, user-centered design, that are you, are you now putting into what you're doing here? Yeah, a lot. I think UX, user experience design is, is everywhere. Uh, and it, it needs to be everywhere. I think this is something which, you know, 10, 15 years ago wasn't spoken about so much. Um, but, you know, in the digital world, user experience design is incredibly important. You're seeing a lot more uh, chief design officers and whatnot appearing in, in companies where people are realizing just how important design and especially experience design is to kind of deliver a product and a service, which is going to be really, really good. Um, a lot of the existing hearing aid companies are, dare I say it, mammoth old companies with um, not as much cutting edge design as maybe I would like to see. Uh, I feel that the UX, the user experience it, with a lot of existing hearing products is pretty substandard. And so an, an example of a product which is or a range of products, which is great user experience, will be any product from Apple at the end of the day. Compare Apple products to hearing aids, and they are miles apart. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's a lot about the communication of simplicity, which maybe goes back to the last point as well, where you know one part is the complexity on the engineering side, another part is how much of that complexity do you actually communicate to the user? Um, and one really big learning, as I've been talking to a lot of a lot of potential users in this process is how little people actually know about their hearing. Um, and I think what is quite overwhelming and daunting about finding out you have hearing loss is the medical component of learning about how hearing works, which is really, really complicated. All these different sound frequencies, uh, sound masking, all of these things, which is just the education overload scares people. And a lot of UX, uh, and something that I really like about it, a lot of user experience design is about giving the user the right amount of information, not overloading them with unnecessary complexity. A focus on what value can you actually give to that user. And I think a lot of hearing aids at the moment focus too much on the functional qualities that a product delivers. But users don't care about this. Users care about how does this product improve my life? That's what these products should focus on. So this is something that I'm really taking in to everything. The way that you interact with the product, how you turn it on, how you even put it on your head. There is an annoying thing with a lot of existing hearing aids at the moment that sometimes even takes two hands to put one hearing aid on one head because of the, the flimsiness of the cable and getting it in the right place. And it takes a few too many seconds to kind of put it on. And it's not a one fluid, solid moment. Uh, a solid motion to kind of put this device on. These are all user experience aspects which just make products feel a bit clunky, a bit annoying, and just simplifying that process, making things easy, making that user experience genuinely enjoyable is really critical if you want to get those early users to really love your product. Excellent points. So where's the future, Nick? What, what, where, where, do you, where do you see yourself going from now over the next few months, short term, and then six months, intermediate term, and then long term, one year. Where where do you see? Because I, I would reconnect up with you again in a year and have you back on and and say where's where's your idea now? But do you have some goals? Like where would you like to be in three months in the short term with with this? If you can yeah, share, absolutely. 
Yeah, 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 sure. So I think uh, having come from um, the digital design space, a lot of software products, that kind of experience, the world moves a lot quicker in that in that field. You can go from an idea to having a first working product in, if you're quick enough, in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the hardware space, it's a slightly different ball game. It takes a long time to design physical products and get them 3D printed and all this kind of stuff. And so time is a, is a, is a difficult factor that one has to work with in this space. So one of the challenges that I have is how can I get the funding that is necessary to build a product like this? And so the first thing I'm trying to do is validate the points I mentioned earlier. Do people want to buy this product and can I build it? So that's what I'm focusing on right now. In the next few months, I'm uh, I'm on track to having a, a working hacked together prototype. Once I've got this, this is going to be something with electronics inside it. This is going to be a new design that no one's seen before, something that I can wear and actually this ticks a lot of boxes, but it's not going to be perfect. Um, but this is something that I can then basically put in front of an investor and say, hey, this this is what we're building. This is how we're going to change the world. So let's work together and actually making this a reality. Going forward, then it's going to be, how can we take this prototype and turn it into a ready-to-be mass-produced product? And uh, that's going to be in the next phase. And I'm hoping from then on, it's... Uh, Going to have a pretty cool company with a pretty cool brand selling pretty cool products and um, i'm looking forward to building it well i'm looking forward to seeing the the growth of butterfly audio myself i i think it's a it's a wonderful idea that is now moving into becoming a wonderful prototype and uh hopefully when we uh, catch up again on the podcast in the next several months or year, if something comes up quicker, well, by all means, I'll have you on even sooner. We'll, we'll keep in contact on that. Um, I, I think it's important for, uh, again, for the listeners to know that these things don't happen overnight. It's not, it's not a software. Like you said, I think that's an excellent analogy. It's not a software product that you're going to be putting out that you can move forward or you, you, you can't you know, write codes and you've got this program in two weeks. It, it, there's a lot going into it. And I think the big component too, is we're dealing with human beings. We're, we're dealing with people and their emotions, um, th their past experiences like yourself. I mean, we, we don't know how, how our users are going to view it. Uh, Oh no, it has anything that looks like even look, goes near the ear. I don't want it. Cause I had bad experience when I was a kid, or I remember when I was 20 and I was in college and people didn't want to talk to me because they thought I might have to, you know, they may have to yell at me for me to hear them and all those emotions. So that that's a lot to have to take a look at when you talk about UX or, or user experience design. And I think that, um, it's important for the listeners to know that, that there's a lot of things that go into this. It, and when you talk about user experience, there's a lot of emotions. Um, um, I, I've talked to people about emotion-centered design. I mean, even designing for emotions. Um, so, uh, you know, something like that you, you can put into play as well into to user experience. And I think that's, that is a component that obviously you have expertise in that. So that, that's going to be a lot easier for you than it would be for somebody else. And you've already got some electrical engineers reaching out. So I think that's a huge step. You know, you can, you've now moved into another universe of design, uh, having what I call the, the brains, you know, the, the, when you got the electrical engineers now, you got the brains now, they're coming in now to, to really get the, really get the guts. They get the guts of the, of the product going there with those electronics. And they really, they, they really make it sizzle at that point. And then of course, making it look nice. Like you said, somebody that actually wants to wear it, like, yeah, I know I need this. But I want to wear that. That looks cool. 
that's that's a whole nother another ball game to to move in that direction so I think you'll be there, though. I have the tendency to, to believe that just from, from talking with you and, and, and looking at the videos. So I think that's that's an important step that you've already taken to get the prototype. So, Nick, I want to thank you very much for coming out and sharing on your product that's uh, moving along. And um, again, for the listeners, um, if you know, take a look at the, the liner notes for this podcast, you'll, I'll have the information there for you so you can reach out to Nick if you have some ideas. If you've got $100,000, um, that's wonderful. He'll take U.S. dollars. He'll take euros. Uh, um, that's a common Amazing. denominator as well with, with all the startups uh, that I've, I've, I've had on the show is uh, money, you know, investors, but also ideas. And just if you just want to share your ideas, maybe you have a hearing loss and maybe, maybe you want to share something with Nick that might be helpful for user experience. Uh, you know, maybe something you that you've experienced you can share with him and he never thought of that could be really very helpful too so nick thank you for being open too to 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 the listeners and to be able to want to listen to what they're saying literally because that's uh that's part of that's user experience yeah thank you so much it's been really okay. really nice okay and again we'll uh as things move along at whatever pace, when we get to the next step, uh, we'll be glad to have you back on so you can share where you're at and the listeners can see how you're moving along. So again, Nick, thank you very much and uh, look forward to talking to you very soon. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well.